Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. you will make my tongue like that of a ready writer. I pray that grace will accompany your word and it will be spoken with accuracy, with with precision, and it will be spoken in such a way that your people will understand and your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to conclude our message series that we've been doing you know, on building capacity, uh, abundance capacity, rather. And I hope you've been blessed. The messages are on the YouTube. The messages are on the website, on the podcast. I will encourage you to listen to them over and over again. We've talked about prosperity from the standpoint of building our capacity. Our capacity is very important. God wants to bless us. The issue is do we have the capacity. And we've talked about building knowledge capacity. We've talked about building our management capacity. Amen. And last week we talked about building our relationship capacity. Your relationship is a form of wealth that God has given to you. And if you don't manage them very well, if you don't leverage them well, you will be poorer for it. Uh, So today I'm going to talk about what I call the generosity capacity. You know, which is a, you know, a component of, you know, building abundance capacity. Uh, so let's go to the scripture that we read. Uh, it's a parable. Uh, and I'll go back there. Okay, we're able to show this on the screen now. We're good? All right. Thank you. Uh, sometimes technologies, uh, they are not as perfect as we think, right? Okay. All right. So well, we thank God that we're able to get there. So Jesus told us one of his, you know, many of, many of the parables of Jesus, for you to know, has a lot to do with our management of money, majority of them. I think about 16 out of his 32 parables really has to do with that. You would think Jesus would talk more about other things, going to heaven, you know, you know but, you know, he's more concerned because our management of money is really a reflection of our hearts. It's very, very important. And he knows that if you're able to, if you have the right attitude to money, you manage it well, it's actually a function of the fact that your heart has been touched. Money is actually a very powerful tool that God uses to reveal the condition of our heart. Amen. So in this case, he told us the parable of this man, uh, which is like all of us. Verse 16, Luke chapter 12, he said... You know, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Look at him. He got an abundance not because he was smart, right? Because the ground yielded abundance. And who made the ground? He didn't make the ground, right? He didn't make the ground. He didn't do it. You know, he was not the, he's not the creator of the earth. He didn't bring the rain. He didn't bring everything, but God blessed him. Yes, he did his part, clearly. 
and he had abundance. And that's how he became rich. He didn't just become rich because of anything, but it was the blessing of God. And in verse 17, then he began to think, just like many of us. He thought to himself, what shall I do? The first I. I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my, my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up, laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. You see, look at how I counted the amount of I's and me's in those three verses. There are ten. All right? Ten of them. I, me, I. He began to focus on himself. He forgot the purpose of the blessing. So God said to him, this is in a parable, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you now. All right? So you want to really claim anything, I will take that life from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. Now Jesus ended it. I think verse 21 is a very scary verse. This is how it will be with whoever store up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. You know, I wonder if he looks at your life today, Jesus will say that about you, that you just store things up for yourself. Your life is focused on you, on you and you alone. It's about you. It's about your comfort. It's about your, you know, enjoyment. It's about what you want for yourself. But you are not rich towards God. You know, God is not important. He's not, you know, this man didn't even think, he didn't even start by thanking God. That say, wow, God, you have blessed me. He didn't even have such a heart. And he didn't even think, you know what, God has blessed me so much. Now I can be a blessing. Now I'm going to do this. I'm going to look for poor people. You know, I'm going to support. I'm going to do anything. Those who are not his concern. I hope that is not how you live your life. You know, I hope that's not how you live. Because look at what Jesus said. Because he says this is how it will be. With whoever just stop things for themselves, but they are not rich towards God. If God look at your account, are you rich? Or account with him? All right? Are you storing up things for yourself in heaven? Is your account in heaven is rich at all? Or your bank account here might be so great, you might have so many things, everybody is envious of you. But when we ask God, God said, you know what, that's not a rich person. He's a poor person. Very poor. Because as far as his bank account in heaven, it is very empty. We all have two bank accounts. We have the ones on earth, we have the one in heaven. And it's important to make sure you lay up your treasures for yourself in heaven. Praise the name of Jesus. Generosity is one of the reasons God blesses us. That's important. And I think you must know that the reason why God blesses people, his people, is for, first of all, generosity. All right? Look at the first man to be blessed. And that becomes the basis of our blessing. That's Abraham, right? We lost the blessing in the Garden of Eden. You know, curse was upon us in the Garden of Eden. And God decided to reverse that. 
And he chose Abraham as the beginning, right? And look at the blessing. Look at the promise he made to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, he says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you. He said, look, go, go, go there. Sorry, I was distracted a little bit, so let me focus now. All right, all right, focus, focus, focus. All right, so let's go. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. You see, just from day one, from the beginning of the gate, God's relationship with Abraham was based on the fact that Abraham was going to be a blessing. Did you get that? And if you go fast forward, so Abraham becomes even the basis of blessing for us. God entered into a covenant with Abraham, and Abraham now became the basis of God blessing us. So if you go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, the Bible says, Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Did you get that now? So the basis of all going to God for blessing, asking him to bless us, to prosper us, to increase us, the basis of that is the covenant of Abraham that was made our own, all right, we can claim that because of Jesus Christ. So Jesus connected us to Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, that I will bless you, all right, because that blessing was to Abraham and to Israel. That's why they are blessed it today, all right? But God is now saying in Galatians that God connected us to that blessing through Jesus Christ. So generosity is one of the primary reasons God blesses you. I don't know, I'm sure many of us here, if you really look at your life, you are blessed. Many of you are making money that your parents could not have even ever imagined they were making. Some of, some of you, what you make in one year, your grandparents would ever dream of it in their lifestyle. God has blessed you. He's blessed you. I mean, especially those of us who live in the United States of America, we are blessed. We are so blessed, even the struggling people here, here in our life, I, I, I mean, people desire to be like you. There are at least billions of people who want to change place with you now. You know, you struggle, you say, oh, you know what, I've been eating chicken. Oh, I remember several years ago, I was still living in Nigeria. Uh, I was still living. So one of my friends was, uh, had uh, one of our family had someone that was living in the United States. So the poor boy was going to school and this, so he called his dad and he was complaining that I've been, you know, I've been suffering. The last three weeks I've been eating chicken. And I'm sitting there and said, the guy's been eating chicken for the last three weeks. That's what I get to eat on Sundays. <laughs> That's how blessed we are. <laughs> You get to eat chicken on Sunday? Wow, that's a good Sunday. I said that to let us know we are blessed. We are really blessed individually, and we should be thankful for that. The problem is 
in God's account, are we really a blessing? Are we, or are we like that rich man that just focus on himself, you know, my comfort, my this, my that, my, you know? You know, I remember when I was growing up, there was a church, this was in the 80s, in Egypt, that had AC in their church. I mean, like everybody in, country, in the country knew this church, they had AC in their church. Like, I mean, the, the thought of a church having an air condition was considered too frivolous, just crazy that, I mean, you have a whole building with an AC. I'm talking about years ago. A few people have it now, but it's still not common. I'm giving you that some of the things we take for granted. It's normal. How can you not have an AC in the United States? How is that possible? We can't even think about that. You won't go to that church. You say, what kind of a church is that? <laughs> what kind of a church is that? They don't have an AC on me. Are you kidding me? I'm, I ain't going there. That's how we think now. But to let you know, some of the things we take for granted, they are luxuries. The majority of the world. I'm not, I'm not majority. You go to Africa, you go to Asia, you go to majority of the world. Some of the things we take for granted is their luxury. So it's important for us to know. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to also say that generosity is the nature of God. That's why it's important. It is God's nature. There are some things about God. God cannot lie, right? God cannot, uh, you know, be unfaithful. Also, we know that God cannot be stingy. God, by nature, is generous. I'm going to give you a few verses. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. That's the nature of our God. He gives generously to all. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 and 45 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. I want you to notice the next verse. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's the nature of our God. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't even discriminate in blessing people. That's how generous it is. Romans 8, 8.32 says, He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. That's his nature. He was so generous that he gave his son. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So here we learn that generosity is love in action. You know, we know the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 that God is love. Amen. How God demonstrates his love is by giving. John 3, 16, for God, God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. All right? So generosity is the nature of God. But there's a better news. We as believers, we have the nature of God. We have the nature of God. You know, when we become born again, being born again is, you know, we are born of the Spirit. You know, if you read, if you read uh, 
John chapter 3, where he talks about being born again, he said, that which is born of the flesh is of the flesh. We are all born of the flesh first, physically, amen. And he said, that which is born of the spirit is of the spirit. When we gave our life to Jesus, when we accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, we become born again. We become born of the spirit. That means we now have a new nature. That's why the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation means he has a new nature. That nature is a nature of love. That nature is a nature of generosity. So generosity is our nature. I want you to say generosity is my nature. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, from verse 3 and 4 says, His divine power, that is God's divine power, has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through this, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that by them or through them, you may participate in his divine nature. You know, the reason why we are saved is so that we can participate in his divine nature. And if you have accepted Jesus' offering, you have his divine nature. Praise the name of Jesus. And because we have God's divine nature, we, God expects us to be like him. Hallelujah. That's why in Matthew chapter 4 that we say, 4 verse 45 says, so that you may be children of your father. All right? You know, if you have a father, you should be like your father. If you start behaving in a way that is not like your father, people begin to question your relationship with your father. All right? So we must be like our father, which is generous. In fact, we are most like God when we are generous. We are most like God when we are generous. Stinginess doesn't belong to God because God doesn't know how to do it. There's a, there are a few verses. Uh, there's a verse I love, and I think I have like two of them that I'm going to read on that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 28. Ephesians chapter 4. I want us, all of us to read it together. Let's read it. One, two, go. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hand, that they may have something to share with those in. I mean, that, this, this flat verse blows my mind. I mean, if you, if you see someone stealing, you just want to get them to, to stop stealing. You don't think of them as someone who could give. Look at how God took a thief. God wants a thief. God's plan is for a thief to be generous. I mean, God is a God. I mean, it's, it's only God that can turn a thief to a generous person. I'm trying to get a thief to stop stealing. God is saying, you know what? I want him to go work so he can have something to give. I think that's, that's amazing. That shows how our new nature can transform us. Said anyone stealing, steal no more. But go and work because God's plan for you is also to be a giver. Hopefully there are no thieves here. Amen. Thieves don't usually come to church. All right? Even though so, sometimes things disappear in church where <laughs> we just don't want to think that people, people in church are capable of doing that, right? 
Amen. But he's saying that one of God's plans for us is to have something to share. You know, even one of the reasons why God wants us to work is not just for ourselves. He said, work with your hands. Do something useful so that you also may have something to share with those in need. God's covenant with you includes you being a generous person, having enough and leftover to share with others. You were created to be a blessing, blessed to be a blessing. And if you adopt that kind of a mindset, you are likely going to be blessed. All right? You know, if you can adopt that mindset, you will be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at what he says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. In everything I did, I show you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. What did he say? It is more blessed to give than to receive. So why are we not generous? Why are Christians not generous? You know, no matter what you say, majority of Christians still are not generous. The last time I read, less than 20% of an average church will even give their tithe. We do better here. I think we are almost, we're about 50%, almost. But all across the world, the percentage is crazy. New Testament Christians, all right? In the Old Testament, people gave 10%. They were even better. They were more righteous. The Bible says if your righteousness is not more than that of the Pharisees, then you have no part. I mean, you can't claim you're born again. You can't claim you're under the new covenant. The early church would just look at our current church and just say, wow, we can't even believe. I mean, we sold houses. We did everything. We were so generous. We are arguing with just giving a little money. Every time they say, we, we fight with this, we, we, we have all kinds of crazy excuses. So why are we not generous? The reason why is because we have a carnal mind, all right? A carnal mind. The Bible sometimes calls it a divine, I mean, a, a, a fleshy nature, or our flesh. We have the nature of God. If you are truly born again, you have the nature of God inside of you, the nature of generosity. But you also have a mind that is carnal. You have a mind that is... Uh, that needs to be renewed. So you see that that works against your nature. The carnal mind works against your nature. I'm going to read Romans chapter 5. Uh, you know, if you can display that, Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read it from verse 8. I don't know. Do I have it on the screen? Okay, I have it on the screen. He said, those who live, this is talking about Christians. I want you to pay attention to this. This is talking about believers now. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. All right? Those who live according to the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So where is your mind set? The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Verse 7 says, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. All right? Now, so men, most of us, all of us, when we get born again, we have a mind that is carnal. 
that is hostile to the divine nature. So there's always a war inside of us. Now, who wins the war is very important. And that goes even with love, forgiveness. You have the nature to do that. I mean, every believer has the nature of God inside of them. Like, that's who you are. That's why we call ourselves the righteousness of God. We're not trying to be, we are righteous. But we have, but the righteousness must be expressed through our mind. That is, our mind becomes the filter to display that righteousness. Now, where the mind is, is very, very important. So he said, the mind that is governed by the flesh is hostile to God, does not submit to God's law, nor can it do it. So those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So a carnal mind, what we also call an unrenewed mind, that's what renewal of the mind means. To renew our mind is to align our mind to our divine nature. All right? You must align your mind to your divine nature. So there must be an alignment. When there's an alignment, you are able to produce righteousness. Praise the name of Jesus. So a stingy mind, or let me say this first, the secret of generosity is a renewed mind. When you renew your mind, you will display the nature of God. Praise the name of Jesus. You'll be able to display the nature of God. You will be able to love. You'll be able to, you know, forgive. You'll be able to serve. You know, you'll be able to give generously. You'll be able to prefer others. You'll be able to live a humble life. All those things, you know, they are, God is asking us to do them because we are capable of doing them. Because he put that nature inside of us. Amen. A stingy mind is an unrenewed mind. And how do you know you have a stingy mind? You see that you are always resentful of people who have resentful, right? An unrenewed mind or a stingy mind is always tense and nervous about the possibility of parting with what they have, right? Anytime there is talk about giving, you're nervous. You're tense. You know, you're defensive. You know, you just, the antenna is up. You know, it's a war in my mind. How do I know? Because it happens to me from time to time too, all right? So you know that there is something in your mind that is battling. In your heart, you know. You know this is the right thing to do. You know it's the right thing to do, to be generous, to come, you know, tight and give offering and support everything. But in your, in your mind, your mind is warring against your nature. So you are tense. An unrenewed mind or a stingy mind is always drawn to negative information. Are you always drawn to negative information online? And there, there are plenty of them these days. There are plenty of them. Oh, one pastor did this. Oh, yeah, that's why I don't do that. You know that's You're just looking for those information. Oh, somebody did this, somebody did that. It is always drawn to those kind of information. A stingy mind is always offering excuses. Offering excuses. Excuses why they can't be generous. Oh, you know, if it's given to a poor person, they say, why can't he go and work? I work for my money. I mean, I can't, you know, let him go and work. Let her go and work. I can't give. You know, if it's given to church or church, 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 church people, church, you know, any, any form of giving, you find an excuse to knock it out. Your mind, in your mind. You're, and those, you always think you're smart. You always think you're making a good argument, but it is because you have an unrenewed mind. 
all right? A, an unrenewed mind is always working against the nature. Every believer ordinarily should be generous. You know, should be willing to give, willing to, if you go through the scripture, it's always about willing to share, being there for others, loving, caring, supporting others, being there for them. It's always about that because that is our nature. But if you're always worrying against that, it is because you have a carnal mind, unrenewed mind, and that mind needs to be renewed, brought back into its position, brought back to where it needs to be so it aligns with your nature. I want you to say, I have a nature of generosity. Therefore, I am generous. Man, that's, that's so you, you remind yourself. Anytime, you know, you remind yourself. You Look, I have a nature of generosity. You know, I have a nature. God, that's what God, God has made me. A, God has blessed me so I can be a blessing. Hallelujah. Now, what is generosity? What is generosity? First, generosity is not a function of how much you have. It is really an attitude, and that's why it started by talking about your nature. It is an attitude of the heart, all right? It is an attitude that sees myself as a blessing. It's an attitude of the heart. It's not, there are a lot of rich people who are not generous, right? And there are a lot of poor people who are generous. I mean, with that little they have, they're generous. I mean, they're willing to help others. They are willing to support I mean, if they give you something little, they are saying, I'm so sorry, I can't, I wish I can do more, but this is what I have. You know, I'm sure you've come across some people give you very little money, but that little is a lot because you see that they don't have a lot. But even their attitude, the way they talk about it, the way they give it to you, the way they, you know, you just know they are generous. There are a lot of rich people who, they can pretend to be generous, open some foundation and do some things through the back door to appear to be their generous, but they are not. There are a lot of rich people who are not generous. So generosity really is not a function of how much you have. It is a condition of your heart. All right? It is a condition of your heart, and it is a condition of your mind to see yourself as someone who can be a blessing to others. I want you to tell yourself, I am a blessing to others. God has made me a blessing to others. Hallelujah. So it's not a function. I mean, look at the story of, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the landmark story of the, of the little boy with five loaves of bread and two fishes. I mean, that's, that's a classical story of a boy that, you know, you know that could just say, what is this going to achieve? And sometimes that's how we argue. I mean, there are 5,000 people. You are, they all don't have food. You're like, sorry, you didn't think of. <laughs> he packed his lunch. That was it. He packed his own lunch. The other 5,000 people didn't remember to pack their lunch. And Jesus said, can you bring it to us so we can use it to feed the rest of the people? No, the boy had no idea it was going to be multiplied. The boy had no idea. You know, it's, it's easy to read that story from the, from the answer. The boy had no idea that Jesus had this magical power, I mean, to just make those five loads to feed 5,000 people. No, he just said, you know what? You know, 
you know, you know, we don't have food here. Can you bring your food so we can share? I mean, I would say, what do you mean? Share with how many people? You guys didn't bring your lunch. Sorry. <laughs> if I share it with you, it will be so small, we're all going to die. At least let me leave. <laughs> and the poor boy, that is classic generosity. Who share? And Jesus blessed and I'm sure if by the time they left the 12, 12 basket, people say, I think we should give seven of those to this boy. But he got, that's a mindset. It's a mindset that he's saying, the little I have, I can be a blessing. Oh, they are doing building fun in my church. I am going to be part of it. Oh, somebody is in need around me, you know, I want to be a blessing. How can we help? You know, someone say, you see yourself as someone that can be a blessing. It's a mindset. And it's not always about money. It's also about every other thing. Your time. Are you generous with it? Are you so stingy with your time that every little time you need to stand with people, you are complaining? You're making them feel bad. You're making them feel like they are, they are, they are stealing your time. You're making them feel so terrible. You're not able to be there. Are you generous with your car? Are you generous with things you have? Are you generous with your French? Are you generous? It's a function of the mind. Praise the name of Jesus. Generosity is a function of its abundance in our mind. Hallelujah. Or prosperity of the mind. See, third John 2 says, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul or your mind prospers. It's a proof that your mind is prosperous. That in your mind you see abundance. That in your mind you see yourself going places. That in your mind you see God blessing you. You see God being able to multiply what you have. You know, anytime you are parting away with anything, you don't see them going away. You see God replacing it. And that's why you are not, you are not fighting. You are not looking. You, you see that, you know what, God, you know, the Bible talks about Abraham, why he was able to give his son. That's, a, that's a, why. The Bible says because he knew that God can replace him. That's, a, that's powerful. Why was Abraham, why did he have so much faith? God wants me to give him, I'm giving him because I know God can replace it. You know, if we think like that, God is asking you to give, you're going to say, okay, I'll give it because God can replace it. Now he can do it multiple times. You know, he can. People who have such abundance mindset can afford to be generous. People who don't cannot. Because anytime something leaves their life, they see it as living. And they see themselves as poorer for it. So you are always working against that. You are always saying, no, 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 I'm going to be poorer for it. I'm not going to have, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not, oh, no, 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 I can't afford to do that. All right? It is a mindset. Start with a mindset of abundance. Generosity is willingness to be God's partner. Are you willing to be God's partner? Because God is going to use you to be a blessing. But are you willing to be God's partner? Hallelujah. Are you willing to be God's partner? So we must develop our capacity to be generous. So we can enjoy abundance. And that's the key. That's my message today. That you must work on your mindset. 
But that's where your capacity to be generous. You must work on and you must practice generosity. All right? Practice generosity. You know, work against that carnal mind. Look for ways. You know, I was talking about, you know, buying tickets for the play. Some people already make several excuses where they're never going to do that. I mean, you know, I can't do that. Some other people are richer, they can do that, not me. I'm still struggling, I'm still, you know, you can't even say, you know what, I, let me do one. Trusting that next year I can do ten. Make those arguments in your mind. You must defeat those arguments that limit you. When the Bible talks about fighting, fighting wars in our mind, right? Pulling down strongholds, defeating argument. Those arguments are really what regulate our life. Our thought life regulate our life. Our thought life, it, we can't have faith without good thought life, right? If you see someone disorganized, it's because they have a disorganized thought. You know, if you see someone living, you know, our thought life is important. That's why we must control it. Most of us don't spend enough time detecting those patterns of thought, those patterns of jealousy, those patterns of, uh, you know, just kicking against things in our mind, you know, and you're, you know, you know, very often. And once people do that, they'll begin to look for disciples. And that's why they speak it up. You know, do you believe that? Do you do that? Do you do that? I'm not doing that. Let's not do that. What's that? You know, and they have two or three people and they stop. It is in your mind. It's in your mind. You must defeat those in your mind. You must align your mind with what the word says. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to leave you with a verse. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. I'm not sure I have it on the screen. Do I? Okay, you can open it anyway. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. And if you can open it, I would like all of us to read it together and we can close. Can we all read it together? Now, he will supply seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and we enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What it means is God gives seed to sowers. So people who say, I'm a sower. I want you to say, I'm a sower. I'm not just a bread eater. See, there are sower and eater. We should be both, right? And when God blesses you, when God blesses you with money, with things, whatever he blesses you with, a portion of that, they are seed, right? A portion of it is bread, something for you to eat. A portion is to sow. You know, just using the analogy of farmers, right? Farmers don't eat all their, you know, all their fruit. If you do, what, what will you see? What will you plant for next harvest? All right? In fact, farmers take first. What farmers do is they, the first thing they do is to select seed, the best one. Store it somewhere. Then they enjoy the rest. Then you can enjoy the rest, right? Wise farmers. Foolish farmers get so excited. They eat everything. And they're like, oh, what are we going to sow? Then they have to go and buy seed from other people, right? And it's very expensive. So God is giving us that analogy. That if you begin to have a mindset, I'm a sower. I'm a blessing. I am blessed to be a blessing. God has called me to be a blessing, to help other people, to support them. You know, we are supposed to help the poor, not to be the poor. We are supposed to visit the prisoners, not to be in prison. You know, God has called the church to do these great things. How is it going to happen if we don't have a generous capacity, generosity capacity? I'm praying that God will increase your capacity to be generous. And as he increases that, you're going to see 
resources coming into your hand. You're going to see that because that's God. You're going to see resources coming into your mind. I want you to go to God. I'll share one story, and I'll close. I'm so sorry. Several years ago, I hit a very, I, was, I had a rough time in my life. I had one pair of shoes that was just, just one pair of shoes. And I was wearing the same pair of shoes for a long time. I was still young. So I was in a very small Bible study. You know, someone, you know, I could still picture that in my mind. So some guy was teaching, you know, and he was, he was just teaching about faith. He was teaching about faith. And he said, what's your need now? What's your need? And I said, you know, my need is a, is a pair of shoes. <laughs> All right. And he said, you know what? Instead of just asking for a pair of shoes, why don't you ask that God should give you multiple pairs of shoes so that you can give one to somebody and you, 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 know, you get one? And I'm like, wow, really? That's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just asking for a pair of shoes. But, you know, he used that Ephesians 4 by saying, ask God to bless you more than one so you can bless somebody else. And I prayed that prayer. Amen. You know, and obviously God bless me. I mean, I have so much shoes now. I mean, people give me shoes now. I'm like, what should, what should I do with shoes? I mean, I mean, I have so much shoes. I'm, I can't even talk about my wife's shoes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I used to criticize my wife for having so many shoes. Now as my shoes pile up, I'm, I'm starting to give them out. And most of them, people bless me with them. I mean, I don't even, people just bless me with them. I'm just letting you know that. Stop just praying for your own needs. Just saying, God, give me abundance so I can be a blessing to others. Can we pray that prayer? Let's pray that prayer. Lord, release abundance. We are not going to be like that foolish man. I am not going to focus it on myself. I am going to be a blessing to others. Lord, I offer myself to be a blessing, a blessing to the world, a blessing to your kingdom, a blessing to everyone all over, all over the world. Lord, release your blessing over my life. Give me abundance so I can be a blessing. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Before I close, all heads bow. If you're here, you have no Jesus in your life. You haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That means you have, received, you have refused the biggest blessing of all. What is the point of money? What is the point of material when your eternity is not assured? You, but eternity can be assured today just by a simple showing of your hands. Jesus, you can accept the greatest blessing of all, which is Jesus. I'd like to pray for you if you want to do that. Just raise your right hand, and I will pray for you. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. God bless you, my sister. God, God bless you. God bless you. You made a wise decision. God bless you, man. Any other person in the house? I want you to place their hands on your chest. And just repeat after me. Just say, Father, I thank you for giving Jesus to die for my sin. Today I confess Jesus is Lord. He is my Lord. He died for me. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose from the dead because of me. Today, Lord, I offer you my life. Have it totally. My life is yours, Lord. And I invite your Holy Spirit to help me to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
If you pray that prayer, please make sure you fill out the TRO portion of the bulletin. Just fill it out. Put it in the offering when the offering basket is going around, around so we can have it and pray for you. May God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>